0: Do you feel safe with the security you currently have on your home? Do you want to keep that feeling? If so, you may not want to listen to my expert breakdown just how easy it is to break into your house from his time as a legal burglar. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is friend of the show and of myself, Chad Amadeo. Chad spent several years as a burglar for hire or as the laymen call it, a locksmith. He puts on display that you don't have to put in decades to know your craft, and serves as a beacon for other listeners who might want to come on the show but don't feel super confident about their experience level. Chad also deserves a round of applause because after hearing that I had multiple guests cancel or no-show last minute, and seeing how stressed I was about not having an episode ready, He volunteered, despite it being a long workday and being late at night. We also recorded on an older mic in my dining room instead of in a proper studio space. Sorry, the audio quality is a little lower in this episode, but hey, at least there is an episode. Lastly, although I bring it up later on, the one-year anniversary of the show being launched is coming up at the end of the month. So I'm prepping a big episode where I'm going to talk about all the successes and hardships and answer audience questions. Send any questions you might have or have ever wanted to ask to dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com. Let's not use the following tips and tricks to commit crimes. Seriously guys, don't do crimes or blame us for teaching you how to do it better. Welcome to the show, Chad Amadeo.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. Long-time listener, first-time guest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been listening since day 1 now. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. impressive too because it was a very small unheard-of show with a nobody hosting it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, when you work with that nobody and they're plugging it to you every other day at work, you kind of kind of just end up listening. yeah i I just
0: bullied you in (laughs) the (laughs) list
1: that being said when you told me the concept for the show i was genuinely interested in it i hadn't heard of something like like it before and it sounded like a really cool way to find out about careers that i never would have thought of before
0: yeah and it it has turned into something this is a whole other beast from what i anticipated oh yeah
1: every every time a new episode goes up and you're like dude my numbers and i'm just like
0: what well even when i'm like hey so i i had this guy on you're like oh what's he what's he you know do what's his thing yeah <laughs> and i'm like uh, he has about 670 million dollars and owns a shitload of real estate you're like well, wow. how did what, you how, find this huh? guy <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then the i think the craziest thing was when you went from oh yeah i found them here to you know what they contacted me first That was the moment where I was like, oh, shit, man. Way to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The first time I put out an open call and was like, hey, I'm going to take expert guests on. If you're Mm -hmm. interested, sign up. And then, like, checked my my Excel sheet that everything exported to, and there's like 60 names on there.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
0: I was like, okay, I'm going to have to thin this (laughs) out. That is too many people. (laughs) Way too many. Yeah. And I've done it again since then, and I have eliminated a lot of people.
1: And then you ran into a shortage of people, and that's why
0: I'm here. Well, (laughs) and a good time to complain about this, because people just keep canceling or no-showing. And that's very hard to work around.
1: Yeah. Inconvenient for you. Convenient for me.
0: Yeah, very convenient for you. You got the, uh, the luxury guest experience because you're in my house right now.
1: Oh, yeah. I get to stare deep into your blue eyes in person. And yeah. it is fantastic.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, anybody that uh, is in the area and gets to come on the show can get this experience. So they get to come into my house and get murdered by a guy they met on the internet.
1: <laughs> yeah, or, you know, two guys because obviously you're gonna invite me for that one yeah of course
0: <laughs> and the beauty of it is i can just cut around all this audio and make it sound entirely yeah. different <laughs> i never said i was gonna murder him no <laughs> it's three twenty a.m on thursday september 15th and i'm not going to murder this man <laughs> now i can clip that audio and i'm like see i explicitly said when i was with him i was not going to murder him
1: and he said maybe
0: He said maybe (laughs) So obviously there was a whole point It wasn't just bringing you onto the show To to BS Although I would do that I think that would be a fun concept Yeah, You have an expertise that I was like I can use this to my advantage When I need this episode tonight
1: Yeah I mean expertise is a bit of a reach Obviously I only have a couple years experience But yeah I used to be a licensed locksmith Here in Oregon
0: Sure and like you said, a couple years, mm-hmm. but how how intensive is the learning process for becoming a locksmith?
1: It depends on the level that you're looking at. I would say just about anybody can go online, pick up some of the basic locksmithing tools, and become a locksmith. It Most of what I learned was via YouTube and just testing stuff out and finding out what did and didn't work. Oregon is actually one of the few states in the U.S. I don't know how many states there are for sure. I know it's less than 10. Oregon's one of the few states in the U.S. that requires you to have a license. Like, my license has since expired. I don't carry my lockpicks on me anymore. When I had my license, they went everywhere with me. I Any opportunity I had, oh, you need that opened up? Okay, I'll open that for you but now no because if for whatever reason i get pulled over i have my lockpicks in my car and the cop decides he needs to search my vehicle i'm gonna get fined for that because that's just the way oregon is because they're tools that can be used for theft and so if you're gonna have them you have to have a license that being said we talked about this a little bit earlier the licensing test in oregon oregon state don't get mad at me it's kind of a joke It literally, it all comes out of one book that most locksmithing schools will use as their major textbook. Uh, It's 60 questions. Any questions you get wrong at the end of the test because they want you to answer 100% of the questions right. Uh, Any of the questions that you get wrong, they tell you what questions you got wrong. And they let you keep re-answering them until you get them all right. So... It's not that hard. The only thing beyond that is you have to be sponsored by somebody who has a CCB license, a, a construction contracting board license, Uh, which the company I worked for at the time, the owner had a CCB license. He had to, to operate. So I was sponsored through that. Obviously, once I left, probably lost that sponsorship <laughs> since I did not leave on the best of terms.
0: Yeah, obviously not. A crazy difficult test if they could just let you retake it over and over and over. oh yeah I also had the thought because you were showing up to my house not with me uh-huh. I thought about leaving a lock pick set outside and locking the door
1: oh and you know the great thing too yeah your the locks you have on your front door yeah. you might want to cut this part out I can just pop that lock right out I don't even have to use lock picks
0: yeah, no, I'm, I'm leaving it in. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's good information. <laughs> yeah. I think this whole uh, episode is going to make people feel unsafe in their houses.
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, I definitely started looking at home security very differently when I became a locksmith. Because I think the number one thing everybody needs to consider when it comes to security is there are two sides to security. There's being secure and being convenient. Obviously, the more convenient it is to get into your home or business, wherever you're considering your security concerns, the more convenient it is to get in, the less secure it is. The more secure it is, the less convenient it is. So that as a locksmith, having to sell products to people to help them become more secure, that was probably one of the biggest headaches I ever had. Because there were plenty of times where I sold someone something for their security concerns, And then, like, a month, two months later, I did a check-in, and it was just too inconvenient for them, and they quit using it.
0: And you're like, thanks for spending the money on our business, but uh, you've effectively wasted it.
1: Yeah, like, I, not to be a jerk, like, I appreciated the money, although I was hourly, so I didn't give a rat's ass one way or another. I would have loved to have made a commission on it, but it really was, like, a concern for people's safety. I mean, the company I worked for started out as a locksmithing company and eventually evolved into alarms as well. And one house I went out to, I was doing a checkup on their alarm system. Uh, They admitted to me they had had the alarm system for three years and twice in the last year, they lived out in a very rural area. Someone had been scouting them, broke into their house and a call never went out to dispatch to send police. Because they weren't using the alarm system that they were paying monthly fees for. Because who's going to break into our house 45 minutes outside of town? And then, happened to se- happened the first time, apparently they didn't learn their lesson. So then it happened the second time, and they were like, hey, let's get all this stuff back up to date, and we're going to start using this again.
0: Yeah, before we get robbed a third time. Before we get
1: robbed a third time, because obviously we're an easy mark.
0: Yeah, so... All that going back to, you spent two years in it. Yeah. You feel pretty professional, like you were fully trained.
1: I would say the only glaring spot for me was safe work. So, like, like getting into... Ocean's
0: Eleven cracking a safe.
1: Yeah, and even then, like, most of the time when you're getting into a safe, you're drilling the safe open. And... That part can just be tough because every company is a little different. They have certain... You have to drill into certain spots. Otherwise, it's not going to work properly. Uh, You have to know the safe well enough to know whether it has a glass barrier in the door to where when you break that glass, it just locks the safe out completely. Um, There's just a lot more to it. And it's hard to get practice with that unless you're literally... On the job doing it or you have the kind of money where you can go to scrap yards pick up a bunch of junked safes and just practice and my employer was not big on paying for my learning uh, they very much had a it's your career you're in charge of your own learning mindset one of the reasons i left because i went out on a lot of jobs where i found out what i was doing five to ten minutes before i had to leave for the job site and then I'd get onto the job site, talk to the customer, figure all the stuff out, and probably spend my first hour just trying to figure out how to install this hardware or how to break into this safe on the couple occasions I had to. It it was a headache, for sure. But I would say the other stuff, standard business stuff, standard automotive, home, most of that I'm fairly proficient in.
0: Yeah. Well, and with the, the way that you're working, mm-hmm. which is almost no support yeah you were basically a separate contractor working under this company and just happened to be hourly
1: yeah pretty much because the company started out like i said as locksmithing company expanded into alarms and they pretty much were just like hey we still keep the locksmithing side of it but it was no longer the primary side like i pretty much managed the lock shop without being the manager or getting paid to be a manager and like if anything went wrong in that shop it was my fault even though i'd be sitting there like i asked you guys to buy this 400 hundred dollar piece of equipment to fix this issue months ago and i was told it was too expensive and now that it's not working it's my fault so i don't understand what's going on here
0: yeah you're like is this my fault or do we do just a little bit of uh, history here and oh look i warned you about this yeah
1: but, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to trash the company too much. They, they had their good spots. I mean, my father's worked for the company for two decades now as an electrician. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact that he worked for the company, I never would have gotten in. Heck, I didn't even start in the company as a locksmith. I started out in their inventory room. And about a month and a half in, they trained me on basic department store style key cutting so that I could break their uh front their in-house locksmith for their lunch breaks and their standard breaks and I could cut basic keys while they were on break. Um then at the three month mark, both them and their out of shop locksmith who did all the road work, um quit. And I got stuck up front. And They basically just said cut keys for people if anybody comes in with a project take down their information If they can leave it ask them to leave it tell them we'll have it ready for them in three to five days uh, Two weeks into that we had about 30 plus projects sitting just waiting cuz the only other locksmith in the building was the owner of the company who was way too busy to be doing any of that and they hadn't gotten a new locksmith in and I personally was completely embarrassed to be sitting there looking at customers when they would come in two weeks later going, hey, you told me it would be three to five days. I kind of forgot I'm back now. And I'd be sitting there going, yeah, that's still not done. Oh, do you know when it's going to be done? Nope. Okay, great. I'd like to pick up my stuff. I understand about how that conversation usually went. So I actually went online, looked up locksmithing schools. Most of them were online. Um, and the cheapest one I found, it was $1,000 on a payment plan or 600 if I paid for it out of pocket right then and there. Uh, so I went upstairs to my boss and I told him, hey, how would you feel about me starting locksmithing school? And he looked me dead in the eyes and went, honestly, I almost didn't hire you because you didn't have any experience in this company. So please sign up. Here's my card. Handed me his business card, signed me up for the schooling, and that started. Um, Truthfully, I only did about a month of the schooling before I just quit paying any attention to it at all. Because within that month, I had more on-the-job experience than I was getting from the schooling. And it wasn't teaching me anything anymore.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those where, like, you could go to school for carpentry. But in the amount of time it takes you to learn the mechanics and the, you know, the nuance of pounding in a nail, like you yeah. could have pounded in a hundred nails.
1: Uh huh. Heck, at that point you've pounded in three hundred, and what is it like? Three hundred repetitions is what it takes to get something into muscle memory, something like that. So at that point, you know how to hammer a nail.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that was you, as you're sitting there, mm-hmm. like, I already know all of this because yeah. I've been exposed to this regularly. And now I'm just listening to you repeat my memories at me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It just, it was, it became such a waste of time in a time period where I didn't have time. Because I was working very long hours trying to catch back up on all the stuff that we were behind on. Because those 30 projects, those were just the in-shop projects. That wasn't including all the other locksmithing work we had out on the road. Because we serviced everywhere from pretty much all of oregon into like middle washington down we might have even had stuff up in north washington but like we serviced stuff everywhere and the amount of jobs they had like as soon as they were like how comfortable are you with this and i went not at all but i'll give it a shot yeah. as soon as i said that i was on the road almost every single day and I had to actually teach one of our other office people how to do some of the basic stuff in the shop because I never had time unless I stayed late after work, came in early, came in on my weekends to do the in-shop stuff. So it it went from me having no experience to me pretty much running my own lock shop within a couple of months. And it was it was pretty miserable, but I will say I probably learned a lot more then than i would have just sitting around doing
0: the schooling well in hearing that i think people would recognize like okay that's certainly a level of expertise because you're running a lock shop you're teaching people the job like you've already passed all your certifications you're doing work on the road unsupervised yeah like i think that's most of the qualifications and then you just add the length of time you did it for on top of that
1: i mean i guess that's fair i i I guess I view it a little bit different just because like there's levels of locksmithing. Like I was a basic entry level locksmith, um, and there's a locksmiths guild. Uh it's almost like a locksmithing union. It's more like where a bunch of locksmiths get together and talk about stuff. Uh but know, they people have people can't
0: like, see the air quotes that you did when you said guild. <laughs> I just <laughs> like, that's that's perfect.
1: And I only say that nothing against the locksmithing guild. But, like, whenever I'd go onto their website to try and figure out how to get any of this additional licensing, I could not navigate that thing worth a damn. Like, it was one of the most unprofessional setups I had ever seen in, like, something that's becoming a technology based job. Because there's very few locksmiths out there who can be just locksmiths. Most locksmiths do have to go into alarm systems cctv um basically you just have to expand and grow like with any business and most locksmithing companies go from we're just a locksmith to we're a security company most of the time if you see just a locksmith now it's that little corner booth in a random parking lot and you almost never see the sign open because it's Some guy who started it back when it was a popular thing, and now he works there, like, two days out of the week.
0: Yeah, and they're like, we need a physical location for most of our licensing, and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, obviously there's a very broad scope. Where Mm -hmm. does the, like, entry level for, I am just learning to be a locksmith, I passed my test, what's the pay like for those people?
1: For those people tough question because once again my job was a little different i was entry level for like a month
3: yeah
1: of my pay before they increased me to what they called technician pay which was basically once i got on the road so they started me at about 14 an hour um once i became a technician i bumped up to 16 an hour two dollar pay increase which was absurd from this company and then by the time i left i was making 18 an hour Uh, That being said, I didn't get commissions. If I had gotten commissions, I probably would have been making a lot more. And I know a lot of other locksmithing companies, they actually run more on commission where your hourly is going to be more than what minimum wages, wherever you're at, only by like a dollar or two. And then most of your income is going to come from commissions and being on a job, you know, walk into somebody's house, you're just fixing one door. And then taking the time to go, do you mind if I look at your other doors and seeing stuff? Like I would do that all the time. I would walk in. Hey, we're just going to be working on this door. Okay, wonderful. Do you want me to lubricate service all your other doors while I'm here? Yes, please. Hey, while I was doing that, I noticed a couple issues with this door. I noticed an issue with that door. Slowly raising that price. And so like if you can do commissions and you know how to do good customer service, you know how to treat your customers right, you could probably make some pretty good money. I didn't do commissions, so I don't know how good that probably is.
0: Sure, and we're speaking, you know, before the both rise and fall of the economy. So things yeah. have adjusted, obviously, and mm-hmm. that this part of that is not meant to be evergreen. It's just meant to say, like, hey, in, you know, the year we're talking about, this is the kind of pay we're talking about. Yeah. Now adjust for inflation and assume that's where you're starting because I still want people that are just getting into these fields that are way more accessible like mm-hmm. to be a locksmith yeah. than it is to be, like, the CEO of a Fortune 500 business. Oh, for sure. So I want people to know, like, oh, if I get into this, what am I expecting? Because yeah. I don't want them to be like, I'm going to make 40 bucks an hour, and I'm going to change three locks a day. And you're like, nope. Nope.
1: No. <laughs> I, I mean, if you find a place that lets you do that, please send me their number. I will move. Because, like, you want me to change three locks a day and you're going to pay me $40 an hour? I'll quit everything I'm doing. I will leave everyone behind and go to another country for you. Yeah. Actually, probably not on that one. Not a whole other country. Depending on the country.
0: I don't know. 40 bucks an hour, I might consider it. <laughs> I. It would be a strong
1: consideration. But you better add a relocation fee as well. Because I don't have a lot
0: well and it depends in that one i guess on what three locks are you changing because they're like oh you're relocating to afghanistan change three locks we don't own the buildings
1: also you will be under fire while changing the locks good luck
0: your mission should you choose to accept it change these three locks also you don't get a choice just go do it no i think that's good um Mm -hmm. obviously there is like a large segment and i think it is mostly hollywood based where they're like Ugh. oh locks lock picking is only known by you know three dudes that run key shops and then nine million criminals and that seems just wildly untrue for a lot of reasons okay
1: i'm gonna get in real close to the mic for you on this one yeah. you ready you ready Nobody wastes their fucking time picking locks except for people on YouTube trying to show off their skills.
0: That was intense to look into your eyes while you did that.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. No thief is going to waste their time picking your locks. Most locksmiths, they're not even going to waste their time. They're going to look at your doorknobs. They're going to maybe spend five minutes. If I'm not, like, when I was doing it, if I'm not getting your doorknob picked over in less than five minutes... I'm looking for another way into your house. As a professional locksmith, I was basically a paid thief. You know, I got into people's houses by manipulating their lock in that way less often than I did slipping a credit card
2: <laughs>
1: between the door and the door jam. Yes, it is a real thing, and it's because your doorknob is not installed properly. If you run that test on any of your doors and you find the fact that you're able to do that, call locksmith, get it installed properly. Um, people's deadbolts not being installed properly. Uh, that one you, you can't use the credit card method for. You use a flathead screwdriver. But same same thing. If it's not installed properly, it's not keeping you secure. Open windows. Windows and doors where screws were on the outside of the door, so I just had to Take my power drill to your door. It took me less than 20 minutes to pull that window pane out, flip the lock, and I was in. Heck, one instance. Probably first lock job I went on. None of the locks would pick over for me. It was at a time when I thought lock, lock picking was the way to go. It's just the way to do it. Spent way too much time trying to pick these locks. The person I was helping get into their home had children with them. So. They said, hey, I'm going to run my oldest to daycare. Is that okay?" And I said, you know what? Perfect. I was actually just getting ready to say I need to go back to my shop to pick up a couple different tools. We're going to have to try some different methods. While this was happening, when we got back, she informed me that she had called her husband, asked him if he thought of anything, because one of the tools I had grabbed was an extension ladder so I could climb up onto their second story and test windows on their second story to see if any were unlocked. he had been cleaning out the garage that weekend, and he said, you know, the spare garage door, I'm pretty sure I locked it, might have left it unlocked. Opened right up.
0: Just walked in the house just through an open right, door.
1: Yeah, it, it was the, you know, pull up garage door, Sure, but it's still like, yeah, spent two hours on that job site for something that if I had just been like, huh, I wonder, and would have been in in less than 10 minutes, easily.
0: Sure, and I have to imagine a lot of, like, breaking and entering is not super methodically planned. No. Like, yes, the Ocean's Eleven or whatever heist movie you want to do, I think the Italian job's really good.
1: I love the Italian job.
0: But they're, (laughs) like, setting up a multi-millionaire. They're not setting up the guy that owns a house on a 30-year payment plan. Yeah, no. Like, my house, you're not casing this joint. Like, you're going to kick in a door, Mm -hmm. probably the back doors, right? Because you're, like, hidden by a fence, Uh giving everyone the tips to break in. Yeah. and Kick in the back doors, you're in super quick, way less conspicuous than standing Mm -hmm. in front of my front door on your knees, picking a lock.
1: Exactly. Not just that, but, like, I think most people would be surprised by how little noise the sound of glass shattering makes. Especially in a busy neighborhood. Most people, they're going to hear glass shatter. They're not going to run to their doors to be like, is somebody breaking into somebody's house? They're going to sit there and be like, oh, somebody's having a bad day. And they're going to go on about their lives. So, like, this can go back to the convenience and security thing. One of the main locks I used to sell is called a double-cylinder deadbolt. It's got two locks in it, or it's keyed on both sides, basically. So you have to use a key from the inside and the outside. It's not like a standard deadbolt where you just have that little thumb turn piece that you hit. So on doors where there's any form of glass within two to three feet, or, you know, a door where almost the entire door is glass. I would always tell people you should get this deadbolt. Yes, you have to use a key on the inside. But if somebody breaks that glass, they're not going to just flip your lock. They have to have a key to get that lock open. So, like, that's one of those things. And that's even one of those. I sold one of those to a person, and I showed up a couple months later to fix another door. And they had taken a nail into their door frame, and the key was just hanging right there. Like, less than two feet away from the deadbolt. And I was just sitting there like, seriously? Like, I get they have to know it's there, but you, you didn't fix your security issue at all.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> hung the key... Next to the deadbolt, Mm -hmm. where people need to get it to open.
1: Yeah, and uh, another thing, most people have at least one window in their house unlocked. I can't tell you how many times I heard, oh no, 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 I just locked every single one of my windows last night. Uh Uh-huh, okay. Almost always found at least one.
0: You're like, let me go put that to the test before I waste any more of my time. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm sure that just like shatters people's illusion of security because they're like no my house is super hard to get into like i've locked myself out it's pretty hard to get in and you're like give me three minutes
1: (laughs) yeah if you really want to know the tools i would take with me if i was going to break in if i was going to go on like go on a spree and just start stealing from people Mm -hmm. i wouldn't even have lock picks in that list i would have a room key like a the hotel room key, a spare room key, because I'm not going to fuck up one of my credit cards. Yeah. A uh, flathead screwdriver and a Phillips head. That's all I need to get into most homes. I mean, one of my favorite stories, a woman who was adamant about her security, like you were saying.
3: Yeah.
1: She told me flat out, I was on the force for 20 years. I know how to keep my home secure. You're not getting in. Less than five minutes. It's how long it took me to get into her home. And she couldn't even admit she was wrong. (laughs) She was like,
0: no, I I messed up and that's how you got it.
1: (laughs) And honestly, that's the number one issue with security. It's not the hardware. The number one issue with security is people.
0: Yeah, it's human error.
1: People are forgetful. I know guys who used to go and test company security. And they just show up in a t-shirt with like the Verizon logo on it. Meet a physical security guard and go, hey, so-and-so, make up a random name, said that you guys were going to let me in. I'm supposed to be working on the third floor. This is what we're doing. Made it sound official. They'd have a clipboard. They had a white truck with a toolbox in the back. Looked official. Air quotes on looked because that's not that official if you're looking for a Verizon vehicle. Yeah, it's just a work truck. And the physical on-hand security, they wouldn't make any calls to check with anyone. They just let them in. They go, oh, okay, so and so said you were supposed to be here, then I'll let you in. Yeah. Like, human error is the number one issue with security.
0: Yeah. Well, and they're like, oh, well, if I call upstairs and ask, they're going to call me an idiot for doubting the guy in the official polo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, well, that, or they'll be like, that guy doesn't belong
1: here. <laughs> yeah, but you know how easy it is for the guy in the official polo to buy a $5 polo online and Find somebody who can do screen printing or embroidery for them and make a shirt look legit. Yeah. It's not that
0: hard. I mean, I have to imagine you could probably buy them on Amazon. You can buy all kinds of knockoff stuff on there. Yeah. I am sure you can probably buy like an Amazon t shirt. Get
1: earned. <laughs> yeah, you can buy a Verizon t shirt and the eye, the dot's not the right yeah. shape, so it's not copyright or trademark.
0: Yeah, it's got the the mark over the O. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's Verizon. (laughs) Not the same company. We can legally sell this shirt as much as we want. (laughs) So, I was going to go into some of the movie and TV stuff that you see versus what reality probably is. Okay. Despite the fact that it all breaks down to, like, lockpicking, which we just said is not the most efficient thing anyway. Yeah. So the first one, and I think I've seen it in every like teen-based you know, young adult movie, oh, is the do bobby it. pin.
1: Okay. It is feasible. Okay. You still have to have some semblance of an idea of what you're doing, and you have to be very careful because you're going to break a bobby pin off in your lock and you're going to have even more issues. Uh that being said most lock picks thickness wise on the metal they're about the same size as bobby pins. So like a bobby pin being a lock pick not unheard of. I personally never tested it because I just I I at that point I had let's see six different lock picking sets. I don't need a bobby pin. <laughs>
0: well and if you're set on doing this it's not like a lock set is hard to get no as you said it's illegal to carry them in certain states mm-hmm. however i think you can buy them from pretty much any online market
1: yeah i i have six sets because i bought three shitty sets on amazon um and I say shitty just because like the metal was inferior they bent really quickly i broke a lot of the picks really fast that's also because i've always been a very heavy-handed person and lock picking's a much more delicate art form so those were good learning sets and then the other three sets i have are because i bought nicer sets off of a locksmithing website um i bought my first set lost it and by lost it, I left it at a customer's house, and it took them a really long time to, like, contact us and let us know. Yeah. Um, and in the amount of time it took for them to call us, I ordered another set and went, okay, I better order a spare set. Yeah. And then literally the day after both of those sets arrived, they called us to let us know yeah. that they had my lockpicks and they were just busy moving in and hadn't had a chance to call. Yeah. so now i've got like three sets of lockpicks that i do nothing with
0: <laughs> when how i can't imagine amazon's like oh you live in oregon why don't you put in your license number here
1: oh even even official locksmithing websites don't make you do that because there are so few states that require a license like i said less than 10 but i don't think i'd be lying if i said less than five yeah because it's really like it's not common and it's not, I don't think it's necessary anymore. Like I said, it, if people are going to break into your property, they're not going to waste the time to buy a lock picking set. Yeah. Honestly, if they're breaking into your property, they don't have the money for a lock picking set, at least not a decent one. Yeah, they can buy the Amazon set, but there's a good chance they're not going to get what they need. Because I will admit one of the sets I bought off of Amazon didn't have any of the picks I needed at the time. Because it was an automotive set.
0: Oh. <laughs> then There's an interesting thing to get into. Is the fact that there is an automotive set. Versus like a standard set.
1: Yeah because you're dealing with. Slightly different styles of locks. Um, standard. House lock. Is a single sided key. So you've got all your teeth on one side. That manipulates tumblers. On one side. Uh, automotive set. Or an automotive lock is generally double-sided they don't quite lock the same way there are multiple different types of locks Um, and an automotive set is just slightly different generally you have to manipulate two sides at the same time Uh, there were special devices inside of it designed to just sit inside of the lock while you're working because most cars have that little door that spring-loaded and opens and closes And that's going to get in your way while you're locksmithing or while you're picking. So like for those, you have a little tool that holds that little door open for you. And then you've got picks that literally have prongs on both sides. So you can manipulate everything on both sides at the same time.
0: Without like pulling it out, putting it back in the other side.
1: Yeah, exactly. Especially since with those types of locks, you have to hit all of them at almost the exact same time for it to work properly sure yeah
0: well and that was a weird one because i looked at my car key Uh uh-huh because i was like oh i have a pretty new car let's take a look at the car key it's not even like a normal house key kind of like steps whatever you call those notches in the key Mm -hmm. um it's like a just rectangular piece of metal and it has a groove in it
1: yes so that is a newer thing, I genuinely do not know how those locks function. Um, because once again, you spend very little time actually picking when you're a locksmith. I literally used the automotive picks for fun when I was in the shop and had like an automotive lock that I wanted to practice with to like, just kill time. But otherwise, pretty standard the way you're getting into vehicles nowadays is an air pump and what they call a long reach which is just basically a giant metal bar that's been bent into shape to where you just put the air pump in their car pump it up enough to get that long reach in there without causing any too much damage um which i usually warn people like hey you might get some paint scratching it's your lesson for locking your keys in your car yeah I would do my best not to because obviously if somebody else scratches up my, my paint, I'm going to be pissed. But yeah, generally now with automotive, it's the air pump, pump it up a little bit, get that in there and pop the lock from the inside. There's also the in the door method where you're sliding a tool between the window and the door and manipulating the lock inside of there. But those would be the more common ways of getting into a car. I don't really think you'd find anybody going, oh, yeah, let me get my automotive picks. We'll get right in there.
0: Yeah. I mean, luckily, I already introduced the show by calling myself an idiot. I have locked my keys in my car while it was running, and I got in with a coat hanger. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, wasn't hard. Yeah. I just unbent the coat hanger, put a loop on the end, pulled my door frame back, and used a coat hanger.
1: Yeah, you just, I mean, you can do that. You just got to be gentle because you can permanently bend your frame to where it's never going to seal properly. Sure. Yeah. I've I've shown, I showed up on a couple car lockouts where I showed up and they told me, yeah, we've already been trying to get in. Hopefully you can get us in. And I took one look at the door and immediately snapped pictures before I started because I was like, I'm not taking the rap for this bent door frame because yeah. I could literally like one of them was bad enough. I could see it was tiny, tiny speck, but I could see between the gasket around the door and inside. And I was like, Oh nope." <laughs> your door's you... already done. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I even told them cause they asked me why I was taking pictures and I told them, well, I can see you bent your door while you were doing this. So, um, You know,
0: CYA. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to be honest, you guys did some damage and I don't want to get blamed for it. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, mine just came down to, I was out of state. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, with some good friends, but we locked the the, uh, keys in the car while it was running. I called a locksmith, said it was the nearest one, and they're like, yeah, I can be there in probably four hours, and it's going to run about $300. And I'm like, man... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> for the price of a coat hanger and 15 minutes of my time, I could save all that effort and money.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I won't call anybody stupid for locking their keys in my car. Or in their car.
0: Uh, there's Sorry. a little admission there?
1: <laughs> no, I the admission is coming right now. Uh, I once locked my work van keys in my work van on a job site luckily it was only 10 minutes from the shop so while i was working on the lock i did not tell the customer what happened and the other technician showed up opened the door for me threw me the keys and went you're a dumbass and then left and then of course i got a rash of shit for it when i got back to the shop because everybody was like are you kidding me a locksmith locks his keys in his car and i was just like look Shit happens. Yeah. I was grabbing something out of the passenger side. Set the keys down on the passenger seat while I was ruffling through some things. Forgot to pick them up because my normal habit was unlock the vehicle, stick my keys back in my car. I broke my habit. I suffered the consequences.
3: Yeah.
0: It's that human error. Yeah. It just keeps coming back to bite us. Human error. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's... I guess it's one thing to say, like, oh, you could get into your automotive that way. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I said automotive instead of car. Now I'm just, I'm in it because we've been using that word. Yeah, I I understand. And I I think about it, I'm like, well, it's not like you can get into your house with a coat hanger. And you're like, no, but you could get into your your house with a credit card and a flathead. Which is about the same level of technical Mm -hmm. quality, like... Oh, do you have a coat hanger? Yeah, you can get into a car. Do you have a credit card? Yeah, you can get into your house.
1: Honestly, so, if your windows are old enough, you can pop open your window with a pocket knife.
0: Just get under the seal or something? And just uh,
1: take it out? You actually, where the lock is at, you just pop open the pocket knife, slide it between the two panes, and you can push the lock open and pull the window open. Huh. I did show up to a couple houses where that was the method I used. Pulled out my pocket knife, popped it open. Person started freaking out because they thought I was going to start cutting into stuff. And I just went, give me one second. You're going to see what I'm going to do. Did it. And they pretty much were like, should I get a quote from new windows? And I said, yeah, you should. If you want your house to be more secure, definitely.
0: Don't worry. I'm not going to cut into stuff. Unless you consider yourself stuff. (laughs) And then you just rob them because they're locked out.
1: I mean, they they obviously don't know how to get in. They're not going to stop me from doing anything once I'm in. All right.
0: So, like you said, you learned a lot of this on the job and then Uh through YouTube. Yeah. How long does it honestly take to learn how to pick just like a standard cylinder lock?
1: Oh, how expensive is the lock? cheap <laughs> cheap like i picked it up at Lowe's for about 20 25 dollars
0: sure yeah we'll call it that
1: um i would say that technique very simple technique will take you less than 10 minutes to learn maybe an hour to master
0: okay so for the price of a 25 dollars lock and a set of lock picks like you too can learn how to pick locks
1: yeah because it's literally like, I'll even say what the method is. It's called raking. All you do is you take your tension wrench, you put a little bit of tension on it, and you just take that pick and you literally rake it across the pins inside of the lock until it pushes them all into place and turns. I've, I've had locks where I walked up to them, I stuck my tension wrench in, I put my pressure in, and I raked my pick back and forth. Twice before the lock turned, so less than thirty seconds worth of work, and I was into somebody's house for them, and then proceeded to charge them seventy dollars.
0: Right. Yeah, that's the price, right? That's that's the
1: price. But and also, I think it that's a good way to teach people a lesson too, because they see that happen and they go, "Wait, I'm paying seventy dollars for thirty seconds of work."
0: Yeah. You're like that's skilled labor, baby.
1: Yeah. Um. Because the cheap $25 locks, the engineering inside of the lock, not that there can really be a lot of engineering with a lock, is very simple. As you get up in price, most of those companies start adding things to make it more difficult to pick the lock. And that's why oftentimes picking isn't always the best method. You see all these people online showing the locksmithing videos, teaching you how to do these locks, talking about, oh, I was given this challenge and... One thing people don't think about is when these people are doing this, they're in an ideal situation. They're not in the weather. They don't have someone breathing down their neck because they have to get inside. Um, they're, most of them have special vices to hold the locks in a specific position so they have the perfect angle. They've got literally the perfect setup they could have. Versus, okay, it's 35 degrees out. I'm not wearing gloves so I can actually feel what's going on. It's
3: night time so you're holding a flashlight in your teeth?
1: (laughs) Holding a flashlight in my teeth hoping I don't chip another one. Sitting there trying to manipulate the lock with both hands. Shivering. Shaking so it's making it even harder to pick the lock. I'm on my knees not wearing knee pads because the company didn't provide me with any. Uncomfortable. Miserable. Like that's one of the reasons why picking isn't as common as you would think from all the videos you see online is it's real world versus internet it's just the way it is
0: and it reminds me of you know you had said hey if i can't get in in five minutes i'm gonna look for other ways oh yeah there's a lot of tv and movies that i was thinking about and i wish i could remember which ones mm-hmm. where you see them like walk up to a you know a hotel room or a dorm room or something you know the college young adult yeah. and they like they put the The tool's in, and they're, like, looking side to side. They're not even looking at the lock, and within, like, three seconds, they're popping open the door. And it's like, I get that in the movie, you couldn't show the full time it took them to get in, Mm -hmm. but to say, like, they're doing it blind with the worst angle of all time, like, is a little silly, at least somewhat.
1: I mean, one thing I should clarify, you're not really doing any of the internal manipulations off of sight you can't really see inside of the lock so everything is off of feeling so you don't actually have to be looking you could be looking side to side anybody looking side to side like frantically though is not paying enough attention to actually pick the lock unless they're using the rake method that i talked about which does not look like anything you see in the movies because that's not the cool locksmithing that the movies want you to see another thing different types of locks you use different types of picking and one thing that drives me nuts is in video games and movies where you see the old skeleton style lock and the method of picking they have you using is very much like what modern lock picking is and that's just not how those locks were designed so like it drives me a little bit nuts because I'm literally going, you can't pick this lock that way. And I get the mechanic. I get the reason for it. It's what everybody sees. But it's just not how it works. You you can't tell me that you're using a method that you need like an inch and a half long lock cylinder to use that method for. And I know for sure that that lock you're showing me is like half an inch deep. It just... <laughs> It's one of those things that drives me nuts, is everybody uses the same lock picking technique in movies, and I'm just sitting there like, I get it. It's wrong, but I get it.
0: You're seeing them, like, look through the open keyhole, and then put the pick in, and you're like, it doesn't even have those.
1: I mean, it could have the opening all the way through on those old skeleton styles, for sure. But it doesn't but, have pins. But it doesn't have pins. You wouldn't use a pick, no. Yeah. It's a totally different method one method i never learned because i only ever had one lock that i ever needed it for and at that point the person said honestly if you just want to bust that open for me we're going to junk the cabinet itself we just want the stuff inside and i went okay wonderful and i took a sawzall and i just cut the lock out of the door and i took the lock with me yeah it was a nice little thing to play around with but I definitely didn't learn how to pick that style of lock. Yeah,
0: yeah. it just seems like the suboptimal way to pick a lock would be with your hands all the way down at your hips and then like paying attention to things that are not the lock.
1: Yeah, it's it's suboptimal for sure. But it is I, possible. It's It's definitely possible. I think the less attention you're paying to the lock, the longer it's going to take. So if you're using that style of technique that they usually show, and you're telling me you did it in less than three seconds while frantically looking around making sure nobody saw you. I do call it BS. Because there is more, like, work that goes into it than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess we should put the disclaimer on here. I'll have to put it at the front of this. Please don't use the knowledge you learn here for crime.
1: <laughs> yes, of course. Don't use the knowledge you learn here from crime. Other than, you know, the fact that you just found out that lockpicking is not the best way to do crime.
0: Don't let us deter you, please. If it's your preferred crime method, don't do crime, but do stick to lock picking. <laughs> yes, give the police more time to come and find you. Yeah. Yeah, the average response time is what, like 10 minutes? You're going to burn five of that sitting there looking like an a-hole picking a lock?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did, and I got paid
0: for it. Yeah, okay. And that's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. So, let's see, what else did I put on here? um time requirements oh the variation of keys i don't know if you watch always sunny
1: i've been told that it's right up my lane comedy wise i've watched bits and pieces i'm I'm sure i'm not gonna know the episode but once you tell me i'll yeah
0: i mean it's barely a tie-in
1: yeah
2: but
0: i was thinking about it when i was like oh i'm gonna talk about you know lockpicking and locksmithing okay like let me think back to all of the information in my brain about Whenever I've seen it, mm-hmm. and I think about the movie like the skulls, and they yes. have a pretty straightforward like lock picking, where he like he pulls out a full set, he's doing it on his hands and or on his knees, mm-hmm. like it takes him a second, you know, realistic. Yeah, and then there's some other ones that were obviously bad. The thing that I remember about Always Sunny is they're like, oh no, the door's locked, and then Charlie just pulls out his apartment key and like tries to put his apartment key in the door. And they just look at him and like, what are you doing? And he goes, well, how many combinations could there be? It's bound to open some doors.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Yeah. Um, they're like, you're an idiot. There's millions of combinations.
1: I mean, it depends. Yeah. I, I don't know the math for sure, but a real easy way to put it is most standard locks are for, like, your door are a five pin lock um depending on the brand you have you buy there's different steps i think one brand i can think of off the top of my head they have seven steps so you've got five position you've got five spots and each of those spots could have one of seven spots on it well or steps steps Yeah. yeah yeah um so there's a decent combination with stuff like that i'll say one of the most insecure types locks are rvs a lot of rv companies use the same brand lock for all of their rvs and that brand uh has two lines of locks with a hundred different
0: keys to each lock line so like one in 200 chance you legitimately pop somebody's door
1: (laughs) exactly not just that but a lot of those rv companies sell a master key which you do generally have to be licensed and have deals with them. But they sell a master key. So there's a good chance there's somebody wandering around with a master key to all these RVs. Which basically means they can open all those locks. It's a master.
0: What I have to imagine, it's like anybody using a really cheap lock. Like uh-huh. the dollar store lock or something that you're going to get like off a Walmart shelf. That I'm going to fucking
1: a... hit it with a hammer and make my way <laughs> in that way.
0: But they have <laughs> keys that have like maybe three like three different segments sorry those have to open other locks all the time
1: probably but i am going to correct myself on this the most secure lock i have ever dealt with or locks i have ever dealt with against picking yeah are the cheap walmart locks okay because
0: and because the tolerance is so bad that you can't get them in the right order
1: exactly the the issue is the lock is so loose inside of the knob that you can't maintain proper tension on it so you just every time you get a pin set you lose your tension and that pin resets itself it it's so infuriating like the fact that this cheap bullshit is keeping me from getting inside of this house when i just busted into a hundred dollar doorknob like an hour ago piss you off so fast
0: (laughs) so impossible to lockpick however 300 people in your state have the same key
1: yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) so a little bit of a trade-off there too yeah i mean security wise it's weirdly secure but it's also not very unique
1: and unironically, usually houses that have the Walmart doorknobs, the doorknobs are not installed properly. So, you know, use a credit card, you'll get in just as fast.
0: Just just steal a hotel card from the next place you stay, keep it on you at all times, and get into any doors that just are set by the people that live there. I
1: mean, that's what I did. Anytime I got sent out of town, I kept my hotel room keys. That way, once I trashed one, I had, like, five others on hand.
0: Well, easy enough, right? Yeah. What's the likelihood you damage a lock doing any of these? Like, picking a lock or using a credit card, I assume, can't really damage the lock The itself. credit
1: card's not going to damage the lock. Picking, there is a risk. That's another reason a lot of locksmiths don't want to go to picking right away. Because the way the lock works is you've got two sets of pins in there you've got your master pins which are generally the same spacing and then you've got your uh key pins which are all going to be different spacing depending on like what step in that order of seven it's supposed to be on the key and when your key goes in and it's the proper cuts all of those pins all zero out at the same spot to where you can turn the lock uh, what can happen with picking is if you're not careful enough you can press too hard and damage the springs inside of the lock to where they bunch up they get bound and they don't spring back down like they're supposed to so there is a risk to your locks when someone's picking that's like i said another reason why picking wasn't one of my favorite methods to use and i would often tell people like hey Just so you know, there is risk of damage here. I'm going to do my best, but if your key does not seem like it's working properly, let us know. We can do the repairs. It's not that hard to repair it. You pop the doorknob off, pull the lock cylinder out, open it up, replace the springs, and it's good to go again. Obviously, if the damage was caused by me picking it, I wouldn't charge for it. Unless you're telling me about it three months later that I'm charging you for it
0: sure or if you're a a giant a-hole in the moment
2: i you know i i
1: never did that more than three or four times a month (laughs) well you know what there are some people that just really you can't make them happy no matter what and sometimes the only way to get them to just bite their tongue is to be an a-hole back and some people didn't appreciate it but i will say the company i worked for started getting a lot more positive reviews after i started working there and a lot of times my name was in those reviews so you can question my customer service methods if you want but they work
0: (laughs) yeah i mean literal proof yeah in the reviews yeah i mean what are they gonna do like they're gonna yell at you and then uh-huh. you're like, oh, you know what I could do is walk away, and then you're still locked out of your house. Yeah. I know you said there was a time constraint here, but how do you feel about waiting for another locksmith from another town?
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially since at the time I was working for that company, there were no other locksmiths in town. If you wanted another locksmith, you had to contact one from 45 minutes away, at at least.
0: And hope they're not busy.
1: And hope they're not busy. Exactly. Exactly nice
0: uh the other thing i remember seeing i want to say it was probably in a tv show Mm because i can't imagine they show that much detail in any movie about it is the they're like a gun that they have that has like a pick on the end of it yes what is that and why do we not see it
1: um because so that's referred to as a speed pick okay it's literally just like so it's a spring-loaded pick that's just designed to where when you squeeze it, it the pick pops all the pins in the lockup really fast and then it drops back down. So the idea is when you're maintaining tension, you just squeeze that a uh, several times and it pops the pins up really fast and it slowly sets them into place with the tension until it sets all of them and you can just turn it over. I, I never owned one. I never put in the money for it because... You can do the same thing with what's called a bump key, which I will not go into too big of detail on because almost anybody can make a bump key really easily. But bump keys work the same way where basically you just stick a key that's been cut a certain way into a lock, usually has a couple little rubber O-rings on the end to keep it from going all the way in the lock. Um, And then you just tap it with a hammer while turning the key. And it pops all those pins up until they sit in place and you can just turn it. Huh. It's it's a pretty fun method. Yeah, And I think my favorite part about using that method uh, was always the looks on people's faces as I was doing it.
0: They're like, what the hell are you doing to my lock? Yeah. And you're like, don't worry about me, look the other way.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it just it, it is a viable method. But it is, I consider it slightly similar to the rake method where you're going to get varying levels of success. And it's going to work best on lower end locks than it is newer locks.
0: Sure. Things that are designed to counter too much pressure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering because... You know, when you said like, oh, it just hits all the pins, mm-hmm. I immediately thought, oh, like raking that you just said we can yeah. do with a bobby pin? Yeah. So why buy the gun?
1: Um. Some people feel more professional when they have fancier tools. Uh, for instance, my boss, the owner of the company, who was a master locksmith, he had one of those. He was not very fast at picking locks open so he needed the fancy tools i personally didn't that being said he didn't do it every day i'm not gonna blame him for that um that being said becoming a master locksmith is really just time and lots of book learning it really has nothing to do with hands-on experience sorry to ruin that one for you folks
0: just in case you're paying for a master locksmith like they really just put in some paperwork yeah
1: took a couple extra classes online Half the classes don't even have to do with locksmithing as long as they're in the security field. Like, I think last time I looked, a couple of the classes were about CCTV.
0: Wow, so it's like bonus credits when you go to college? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm getting a business degree. And they're like, what are you taking this this term? And you're like, uh, health and nutrition? What does what, that have what? to do with business?
1: <laughs> well, Well, I need to make sure my employees are healthy, right? Yeah. Slash, I just need to fill these credits. What do you fucking care?
0: Yeah, it's just mental gymnastics.
1: <laughs> you guys made me take calculus. I'm going to be a gym teacher. Did I really need the calculus?
0: No. <laughs> but now I know it. I'm making you all suffer for it. <laughs> Extreme equations for push-ups. <laughs> um, yeah, you had told me prior to this mm-hmm. a story about breaking into a guy's Uh, rv i believe where he was like it's super secure and you're like boy i'm gonna ruin your life today
1: (laughs) okay so i do love this story it's not that it was super secure so the guy had just bought the rv like a month prior brand new decked out he was paying like eighty thousand dollars in total for this rv like high-end rv sure um locked his keys in a month later
0: (laughs) just like all of
1: us just like all of us um and i took the time to try doing some picking none of it was working and so he kind of just sat there and he was like well what are we gonna do now like how are you planning on getting in and i told him like i've got one other way i can get in you don't want to see it though and he said well i need to get into this RV. so whatever it is i'm sure it'll be fine Uh, I then proceeded to go to one of the larger windows on the RV, got on my little six-foot ladder because I am kind of vertically challenged. (laughs) Um, I removed the rubber gasket seal out from around the outside of the window, revealing all of the Phillips head screws holding the window in place from the outside. I then took my drill, unscrewed all the screws, handed him the window. I crawled in, I walked out the front door of his RV, and he looked at me and went, wait, those aren't even on the inside? Anybody can do that? And I went, yeah. Anybody can do that.
0: Literally anyone with a Phillips head screwdriver and the knowledge that these seals come off.
1: Yeah. And, not only that, I showed him that if you have the knowledge of how the seals come off, you also have the knowledge of how they go back on, and if you take the time I was able to put that all that back on. Couldn't even tell I had been there. Other than slight rub lines underneath the window from where my legs hit as I was going in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, anyone that wasn't super careful about covering their tracks would leave a little bit of a mark. Well, yeah, I mean... But somebody with a, the equivalent of a magic eraser <laughs> could get away with
1: it. Yeah, if I had really cared, would have thrown my jacket on over the window before hopping in. Yeah like yeah it's bonkers how unsecure some of our stuff is and people don't even realize it like i can't tell you rvs several houses i got into that way where they had a window in the door and years and years layers and layers of paint but i could see the slight indentations from all the screws so i just scraped the paint off the heads of the screws oh yeah, those are all Phillips head. All right, I'm in. So I will say to anybody at home hearing this, if you have anything like that, replace your Phillips head with a square bit or a Torx bit. Nobody carries those around them on a regular basis, except for me and my tool bag for the few times that I did those installs for people to help them feel more secure.
0: Yeah, so it's genuinely just like a inconvenience and not necessarily like a, a grade up in security you're just like look it's, it's harder for them
1: yeah
2: exactly. <laughs> and they're gonna
0: be like oh, i don't carry a torx bit
1: yeah and then at that point they're just gonna bust the window and pop the lock anyway yeah. you you just made them think for like 10 more seconds
0: <laughs> right yeah it all goes back to how much effort they're really putting into this
1: yeah i mean yeah it, it really does um it really does it I've gotten into houses because the pins for the hinges were on the outside of the house instead of the inside. God. So then I just I literally popped the pins out of the hinges and I just walked the door out and pulled it out and the deadbolt came out, <laughs> unlocked the door, put it back into place and put the pins back in.
0: so you can just hand it to him here's your door
1: <laughs> <laughs> which they do make hinges where you can't remove the pins so if you're if you have doors like that look for that um another common thing i ran into not even security wise uh just a lot of people with locks that didn't work lubricate your locks people like literally it takes seconds out of your day to just go through and lubricate all your locks you only need to do it about two to three times a year i recommend four if you live on the coast uh Get a good metal protectant grease like an engine grease, spray it inside of your lock, call it a day. Run your key back and forth a couple times that helps remove some of the debris. Do not use WD-40. It actually attracts dirt and dust. So while it'll be a good quick fix, it does damage your lock worse in the long run. Only use graphite in emergencies. Uh, Reason for that one is most locks have lubricants inside of them when they're built in the factory. Most of those are uh, gummy, petroleum-based. Graphite's just a granular powder. It's going to get inside of that lubrication, and it's really going to fuck some shit up. Yeah, it's now
0: created sandpaper.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful. But uh, lubricating your locks is a huge thing. I can't tell you how many times I showed up to someone's house, and they had their key, and their key just wasn't working. Almost broke their key off inside the lock because it wouldn't turn, and they were trying to force it. Mm. My number one question was always when was the last time you lubricated your lock? Usually the answer was, I've never done that.
0: Yeah, who lubricates locks? Yeah,
1: who would do that? Who would do that with this thing that has metal, rubbing on metal, <laughs> kind of like a really mini engine? And I don't lubricate my engine ever, so like, why would I need to lubricate a lock? But I literally, like, I had some people who were like, oh yeah, I haven't lubricated it the- I've owned the house for 15 years and I've never done that. And I, a couple squirts of grease inside of the lock, ran the key back and forth a couple times. I was
0: it. And you're like, congratulations. You're now the proud owner of a can of lube. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, I would sell it to them for 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just solved (laughs) all your problems. (laughs) Mm -hmm. God, It really makes me think, you know, when you're like super simple fixes, Mm -hmm. you know, I can get into these people's houses. I do all these things that help them feel secure. Did you ever get called out to somewhere by just some psycho? And you're like, I don't even know if they have a lock issue. They might have just called me out to the middle of nowhere to murder me out here.
1: So, in the city, I was... Yes. I mean, I didn't think I was going to get murdered, but it definitely was a weird... It was a weird experience. Um, So in the town I was living in, we were having an issue with a homeless camp near one of the major parks, and there were literally vehicles and RVs lining both sides of the street, and this guy called me saying that his car lock was broken and he needed it fixed. So I got make and model of the vehicle, Uh, I had him come and bring me his key so I could figure out what his uh, measurements on his key were, got the lock ordered got the lock set up for his key and then i showed up to this homeless camp and while people are walking around me i'm literally watching people like i watched a person do heroin there like literally they just pulled a blanket up over them and
0: (laughs) gave herself a little poke
1: middle of the day while I'm sitting there, like,
0: replacing the (laughs) lock in this guy's car. making eye contact with them. Yeah. You're like, hey, could you not do that? Yeah, like... While staring into my soul?
1: And not just that, but then everybody wanted to know what was going on. And everybody was around me talking and just trying to, like... It... I did not like that experience. It felt very sketchy. I definitely was hitting the lock button on my car keys multiple times each time i walked away from it because i had some pretty expensive tools and i knew my employer was gonna replace them with cheap tools because i had to buy my own tools um and so like that was an experience i was kind of sketched out about i think the only other one was i was doing work in somebody's basement and their power was out so that was kind of a weird one for me
2: You're like, and oh go into the
1: dark like,
0: basement you yeah. say
1: <laughs> and it was in the country like
0: nobody's gonna hear you scream yeah. by the way you want to check my basement after this yeah <laughs> oh yeah for sure okay cool there's I no lighting I... down there but you'll be fine who,
1: who needs it in the dungeon yes oh wait do you want your listeners to know what's called the dungeon
0: don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> it's not important <laughs> But yeah, it makes me think, because people are out here, like, stabbing Uber Eats drivers for burgers. You could call someone that has thousands of dollars worth of tools to the middle of nowhere under the premise of a lock that doesn't exist.
1: Oh, for sure. So as I you mean, were
0: describing the job, I'm like, this sounds like Murder City.
1: Yeah, maybe. I never, I never thought about that while I was doing the job. The company I worked for, luckily, their prices were high enough that we didn't get a lot of the clientele base that generally would make me worry about that normally it was like the 50 to 60 year old spinsters where i had to be more worried about them thinking i was a plumber or a pizza delivery boy (laughs) because i was in a relationship at the time sure um oh otherwise
0: you'd be game on for the gam gam
1: i i mean i'm not gonna say no
0: okay just clarifying things for the listeners.
1: Yeah, I mean, like...
0: <laughs> Grandma's on the table if, if Chad's single. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: I definitely got propositioned several times while doing that job. Some of the women were married, and their husbands were the ones who called me out to go do the work. <laughs> You're like, this is a setup. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's 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 in the house somewhere filming, isn't he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you guys want a new doorknob not to mention all the cctv cameras on the inside of your house <laughs> a weird choice isn't it
1: <laughs> those are definitely not for decoration yeah.
0: they're high grade too where'd you buy these we don't even sell them
1: yeah i i hope nobody's buying anything more expensive than what we were selling <laughs>
0: yeah. does it i mean do the prices go up like
1: Real crazy high? I mean, we sold really high megapixel indoor outdoor cameras and I think our our cheap shitty air quote ones I'll I'll say air quote for the listeners at home this time around yeah. um were three fifty a piece for the cheap ones. Okay. And they were good video quality. Not the best quality. I mean, I had someone while I was working on their locks, they were like, You guys do camera systems, right? And I was like, Yeah, we do camera systems too. And they were like, Cool. I just got this camera off of Amazon, connected it with an app, took me like five minutes, spent this much showing me the video quality. I didn't say much to him other than like, you know, camera's nice, but like, are you paying for monitoring so that like, like if anything suspicious happens, somebody's making a phone call if you're busy, like any of that. Like, I asked those questions, but I left that place and I went back to work and I immediately went to my boss's office and I was like, have you been looking at the cameras on Amazon? You know how cheap those things are? You know how easy they are to set up?
0: We're in trouble.
1: <laughs> we are
0: in too deep.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he bought a set afterwards and started like playing with them and he was like, ooh, ooh well, we're not going to deal with Amazon for this, so we're going to keep going our route and hope people will pay us. Alright. That being said, most of our stuff was cable connected. It wasn't battery operated. It wasn't wireless. So, like, much more secure camera connections. Still, though, like, 60 bucks for a camera that had almost as good of video quality as a $300 camera. And it took, one screw to put it into place and the customer scanned a barcode on the camera and they had access to it that's that's rough when you do installations and charge what we charged
0: yeah job security's getting a little shaky at that point yeah i mean i guess the other thing about that is like you could install them in some bad positioning like right next to an exterior light bulb and now all of a sudden your entire video is just shadows and you're like, yeah, officer, this is the shadow that broke into my house. And they're like, great, can you zoom in on the, the license plate of that vehicle? And I'm like, no, my camera doesn't zoom. I can't. It's, it's running on, you know, 240p. <laughs> you're like, yeah, man, that's the same video quality my potatoes have.
1: My potatoes would spit at that kind of quality. You really think my potatoes are gonna do 240p? Puh.
0: Gross. <laughs> you got 1080p in the garden (laughs) that's how they like it (laughs) that's how the garden likes it
1: (laughs) yeah we we did sometimes have customers want us to put cameras in weird positions but i mean everybody does it sometimes heck i have i have a camera up in at the front door of my house and it literally just points down at the floor mat uh around near the door I just have a six by six square that I want to see. And that's where packages get delivered. That's all I care about with that camera.
0: Yeah. You're like, Oh, is the package there? Good.
1: Yeah. Otherwise like whatever, anybody comes to take it, they're going to be in the camera view. Um, We literally, we had an issue. One of our neighbors had an issue and the cop saw that we had a camera. So they asked us if our camera picked up a vehicle Gave me the description, time of day, and asked if they picked it up. And I looked at him and I went, nah. Six, six feet. Yeah, did they That's park it.
0: on my front porch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
1: the cop literally sat there and he was like, wait, you have a camera? Just like, why not just get a doorbell camera? And I said, because I didn't want to have to install a doorbell camera. <laughs> this took one screw. When I want to recharge the camera, magnetized so i just pop it right off and i take it inside no i did not buy it from the security company that i worked for yes i did buy it while i worked for that security company
0: well hey if you're like look the cheapest camera i can buy from my company is 300 dollars, mm-hmm. and i don't need any of its functions other than looking at my front porch yeah like why why buy from it And
1: and i'm gonna have to run wires
0: no gross <laughs> give me a magnetic camera
1: well, there's just stupid regulatory stuff you have to deal with if you do that and you decide to sell your home and you got to go through inspection like Sure. Yeah. which i could have done all that stuff i knew how to i wasn't going
0: to take the time to do it though now this just comes up because i was thinking about different types of cameras yeah of course did you ever install for i assume one of those like husband calling for his wife situations any of the hidden cameras that are like in f- smoke alarms
1: no we did not sell those types of cameras um we focused on more residential and business uh we did have those types of cameras around the office because my boss liked to peek in and see how people were doing and how busy they were at their job uh so i definitely knew of some cameras within my office that were like the hidden style camera where If you look at it, you're going to think nothing of it until you see a video feed where you're sitting there looking directly at that spot and you realize you're looking at that spot and you're going, oh, that's a fucking camera?
0: Shit. You're like, even to a trained eye, that's well hidden. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, because like one of the ones we had, it was right in the middle of like a countertop so it was at like waist level but it was a wide angle so it picked up the whole room on the opposite side um and the way it was put it was centered just right like you look at it and you're like okay that's weird but you don't look at it and go that's a motherfucking camera like it would never register to you until one day uh my boss and i were Going through some of the camera systems that we were working on, because it was in our showroom, so we were making sure all the cameras in our showroom worked so that when we showed customers, we didn't look like idiots. Um, partially because I yelled at him one day because I looked like a fucking idiot showing somebody in the showroom and something wasn't working, because he had been messing with the settings that weekend and didn't tell anybody. But like it wasn't until we were going through that I saw the video feed and I was like, There's not a camera there. And he was like, Yeah, it is, it's that dot right there, and I went. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah. he was like, yeah. There's like three of those in here. And I was like, well, what? I've only ever noticed that one. And he was like, yeah, the others are hidden better. That's supposed to be the obvious one. We show the customers. Then we show them the hidden ones.
0: <laughs> oh, whoops. You're like, boy, there's some things on camera I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, second story. We had automatic shades in there. Like. It's a great place to romance yourself.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I think this has been awesome. I appreciate it immensely, especially coming out here, like, in the middle of the night. Because people don't realize that it is 4 a.m.
2: Oh, man. Like, people, it's my bedtime. Yeah,
0: people don't know <laughs> what time it is. And I just like, hey, you want to come meet a strange man in his living room for a, a little recording session?
1: I mean... Maybe if I had just started working with you, but we've worked together two years now, so it's not too strange.
0: Yeah, you know me well enough, I guess.
1: I I I honestly will admit I'm probably more surprised that this is the first time you've invited me over to your place this late at night.
0: Yeah, I mean we're we're night people. Yeah. So it is unusual <laughs> that you haven't been here. Yeah. Now for the next, you know, listener that comes in for this, they're gonna be real shocked they would be like, you want me there when? Yeah. I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, 3 a.m. The reasonable yeah. person's time. Yeah. Come hang out in my house alone. Don't tell anyone where you're going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Bring lingerie
0: if you have any. No. It's for privacy reasons. Don't tell yeah. anyone where you're going. I don't want people knowing where I live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if anybody's listening and they'd like the in Home experience, no. No, no, here's no, no. the no, P.O. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Box 187. You didn't just give them your actual P.O. box, did
0: you? Yeah, it's my actual P.O. box. Oh, dope. Send them whatever you want. I don't care. Yeah, that's awesome. I pay for a P.O. box and I live in town. You think I'm not angry at USPS?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. That that address comment, I was just going to list off random numbers. I don't remember your address. I punched it into my GPS once and memorized how to get here.
0: Oh, good. So no one knows you're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I do appreciate it, though. Yeah,
1: I, I thank you for having me. I actually genuinely enjoyed this experience.
0: Yeah, like, I hope it was good. And you've people have never heard your voice. And by the way, you're only like the third person that's ever used my mic in person. Oh, okay. is isn't me. Oh. Because it's... Fun. Like, I used this mic forever, and it's an old mic. Uh-huh. But I used it, and then my mother, who was the first interview I ever did. Yes. And then Dana yeah used it for i think two sentences in the larry forletta one the dea episode where where she
1: she did the intro
0: yeah she did the intro that was like don't forget wiretap activated
1: yeah don't forget you also had that q a episode and she was asking you the questions Uh, or did you have the new mic by then
0: no it was still this mic but that's only same person yeah same person but More Um, than two sentences. More than two sentences, you're right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was also the episode that immediately got those Russian downloads. I was like, oh, it's a DEA episode, published immediate downloads from Russia, and the first sentence they get to hear is, wiretap activated.
1: I'm sure that it was somebody who had bots set up, just looking for, like, anytime you find DEA on the internet, fucking sign us up.
0: Of course. I thought it was like, wow, the first downloads I ever get from Russia, and they are... Immediately following a DEA episode. Well, Perfect. I've never told that story. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, now your listeners know. Now they know. And now the Russians know that we know. That's right.
0: They know. I do have a lot of downloads in Russia, actually. Yeah. Anything you want to plug while you're here? Yeah, can I plug this into your laptop? Uh, I'd prefer you didn't, but yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's unusual. No one's ever here. Like, just out of the goodness of their heart, I guess. They always have some... Something they want to. Ge- wow, well, that's not true. I guess Matt. Uh, Matt was on here. That was the other thing I was gonna say. Oh, it's like people are hearing your voice physically for the first time. But yeah. you've asked questions that I have asked people, <laughs> like Matthew Stapley.
1: <laughs> oh, I I am so happy that I've asked two questions so far, and I will say I am very happy that one question got a great response, and the other question got got one of your first ever like immediate people to hang up on me yeah i i am glad i can be so divisive amongst your other guests of
0: course yeah yeah and and matthew listened so he now knows who it is that set his ass up oh who who asked him if
1: the interview was going to be any good yeah (laughs) well matthew i want you to know you have been one of my favorite interviews so please keep doing what you're doing also everybody listening remember if you are ever in a job that makes you completely miserable Fucking leave it. The money's not worth it, and I say that because as much as I loved locksmithing, I wanted to kill myself working for the company I was with.
0: (sighs) Yeah, well, I think two weeks ago or something, Uh I was talking with a a guy who's a professional podcaster. Yeah, and he said I was doing a job that made a hundred thousand a year. He's like, but I hated every minute of it. Yeah, and it didn't make me any happier. He's like, so how much can someone pay you to do a job you hate for the rest of your life? Because you're literally putting a price tag on your life, which is a very finite, mm-hmm. very important resource yeah. to be doing miserable things with all the time.
1: Oh, yeah. I literally was listening to another podcast on the way here.
0: <laughs> cheating on me?
1: Well, it, it's a mental health podcast. Okay. And, and slash fitness podcast.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, Slash
1: Fitness. Slash Fitness. It's a mental health podcast hosted by a guy who owns a fitness brand. I'll let it slide. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. Um,
0: no free plugs.
1: But, like, one of the things they talked about was talking about how people think money buys you happiness. And they said, like, yeah, but once all your needs needs are met, you don't need any of that extra money. Get enough money to meet your needs. And then after that, you're fine. If you need 40k a year, find a job that pays you 40k, be happy doing it. Just find something that gives you purpose and makes you want to wake up in the morning. Yeah, you're going to have bad days, but if you're waking up every single day going, fuck, I wish I was dead, it's not worth the money.
0: Yeah, no matter what you're doing, like it's just not worth it for you. No, yeah. It can't be. Like that, That mentality cannot be the way you live your life. Yeah. No matter what you're doing. So even though you're sitting here as the expert on locksmithing, like you got out of it because the business itself was just bad for you. The
1: business itself was bad, and the area that I live in was so oversaturated with locksmiths, and I didn't feel that I had enough experience yet to start my own company. Like those were the two major reasons. Was just my own personal experience and the amount of other locksmiths. Like, yeah, the nearest locksmith's 40 40 minutes away but there's like 10 different locksmiths in that area
0: yeah so you're like well it's a little saturated in one spot yeah that's near-ish to me
1: Mm -hmm. and then on the other side there's another like 50 locksmiths so i'm like right in the middle of just locksmith central yeah so
0: yeah um anything else you want to you want to plug your socials
1: um I could, but I literally (laughs) haven't posted on any of them since, like, I think the last one was 2019, so, I mean, I mean, I already put it out there. If I'm single, grandma's on the table, so, hey, everybody, tell your parents, follow me on Facebook, it's my name. (laughs)
0: It's my name, figure it out.
1: (laughs) I probably won't ever accept the friend request, though, because I don't even have Facebook downloaded on my phone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's usually just, like, people come on and they're like, oh yeah, this is the book I've written, and this is my business, and this is my socials, please go follow all those. And you're like, I don't care if you ever hear from me.
1: I, <laughs> I don't have a book, I don't have a business, and quite honestly, I don't like social media that much. I don't need the attention. Yeah. Sorry to anybody who needs the attention.
0: I mean, <laughs> find what fills your cup, but if that's the thing... Maybe reconsider.
1: Yeah, get 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 a new cup, one that doesn't have holes in the bottom of it. Because you know when when we get hit with a solar flare and all electronics are dead, your social media is going to mean nothing. Your hundred k followers will mean nothing. Yeah. your ability to take a selfie won't mean anything. We just need you to spend an hour starting that fire.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're going to be miserable too. Cause you're like, oh, yeah. oh man, I didn't practice any of my skills. Now that filters are gone. Wait,
1: you mean I have to use more than just my thumb to move this? Oh,
0: God. <laughs> the outdoors is
1: awful.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's see. Let's just wrap up this show. Um, uh-huh. What do I always say? Rate the show. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Audible. I think those are the three that have rating systems. So rate them five stars. Tell people you know about the show. It's a big one.
1: Word of mouth is huge.
0: Yeah, word of mouth is enormous. Like, it spreads way more than anything else I could ever possibly do. Like, no matter how big I get on social media, if I put in all that time to be super good with filters and taglines, it means nothing compared to literally one good fan telling other people about the show.
1: You you know how many ads I see for podcasts and I just skip right past them? Yeah. So many. Why did I start listening to this podcast? Because a friend told me about it. Granted, that friend is the host of the show, but, like, a friend still told me to listen. Otherwise, I didn't really listen to podcasts before I started listening to this one.
0: And now you listen to at least two.
1: Yeah, at least. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, like, 10 to 20 now, asshole. <laughs> you created wel- an addict. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Slowly corrupting the minds of everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, if you have guest suggestions, or you want to be on the show, or... Any kinds of questions or comments? Dumb enough podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can reach me. Um, I pulled up the rankings, but I have not looked through this, so it's going to be a oh. little sloppy. <laughs> Ooh. And I we're...
1: like sloppy rankings. Hey.
0: And we're getting into the one year anniversary of this show at the end of this month. So that's going to be like the big time where I elaborate on all of this. Oh. So if you're a listener that's like, oh, I love hearing the, the data. Like, well, tune into the one-year episode because there's going to be a lot of it.
1: Has it really already... Wait, I shouldn't say already, only been a year?
0: Yeah. It, it feels like both. Because it was September 27th was uh-huh. the initial episode release, and I re- released a couple of them mm-hmm. at the same time. But it was September 27th, yeah. and we are uh, the 15th right now. I had to check and look. So, Jeez. like, 12 days.
1: To be fair... You checking and looking, that's okay. Because your day starts on one day and ends on another.
0: (laughs) My day does not start until I wake up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When I go to sleep, my day is over, regardless of the date on a calendar.
1: (laughs) That's what I tell everybody. And people who haven't worked swing, shift, or graveyard don't get it.
0: Exactly. All right. uh, Top rankings: U.S. number one, top states: uh, California and Virginia.
1: What? I know home state's letting us down
0: home state is letting us down oregon is my overall number one
1: yeah
0: like by a lot Uh uh-huh but month to month like it comes and goes sometimes people pick up the show and they just start like sharing it and downloading a bunch of episodes boosts other other states virginia
1: congrats virginia and california way to go
0: California's always there (laughs) they're always like number two
1: Okay, well, step it up, guys. We want to see you number one. Yeah. And gals.
0: Pick it up. <laughs> um, let's see. Number two, the United Kingdom. Number three, Australia, led by New South Wales. Oh, look, I finally have a listener in the Northern Territory. I now have listeners in every territory in Australia.
1: What is that, like four?
0: uh let's territories see territories not <laughs> listeners yeah, yeah territories not li- i mean could be both <laughs> not according to these but uh let's see one two three four five six looks like maybe seven
2: oh seven okay. total
0: not a lot but apparently the northern territory is just barren of people that use podcasts it might be barren in general i have to ask questions of people that are yeah. australian to find yeah, out yeah i was
1: gonna say i've never been to australia so i can't answer that one for you yeah
0: So New South Wales, congrats. Um, Number four, Canada, finally picking up some slack. They dropped all the way off the top five.
1: Oh, geez. Well, congrats. Welcome back, Canada. Happy to see you.
0: Yeah, led by Ontario, which I think is the number one overall. But I'll get into that in the the anniversary episode. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And then just coming in real hot, honestly, the last couple months. Oh, yeah. Sweden. Sweden's number five. Finally,
1: a country where their main language is in English. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There was a lot of English-speaking countries in there. There is a lot of
0: English in general in my my list, which makes sense. Like, it's an English podcast. But I have also been shocked when it's like, oh, several percent of your audience is Japanese. I'm like, in Japan? Why? That's one of, statistically, the hardest languages to understand between English and Japanese. Like, they don't have hardly any crossover
1: oh yeah i i've got a buddy who's learning it right now and he said it is insane
0: yeah they rank languages as difficulty to learn in tier lists english to spanish is tier one Mm -hmm. and then there's several others and japanese i think mandarin and egyptian are like tier four they're the only ones where they're like yep it's impossible to learn these if you speak english like good luck because it's going to take you a decade to figure it out
1: which is crazy because i know i knew so many kids in high school who were learning mandarin because they wanted to go into the business sector sector and they were told mandarin was like the top language they needed to learn
0: yeah um anyway sweden i finally have a map like they give me a breakdown Of the areas oh that's dope yeah it's cool nobody ever gets to see these because i don't share them with anybody
1: (laughs) um just so you guys know he showed me a map with colored territories on it
0: yeah and sweden's led by dalarna which i hope i'm pronouncing correctly but probably not
1: probably not but that sounds like a lovely name i would love to hear the proper pronunciation for it
0: well i could guarantee i know how to pronounce number two in sweden because it's holland Holland's pretty easy.
1: Okay, listen here, you fucker. (laughs) Hey,
0: you want to know three? It's Stockholm.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well.
0: I can't pronounce four. Sodermanland.
1: Funny enough, I've actually heard of that one before I've heard of the very first one.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know Dalarna, but it looks straightforward enough to say.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So... And who's number five on the list?
0: Um, Uppsala, U P P S A L A.
1: Oh, I was talking about.
0: Oh, wait, no. No, Sweden's number five. Sweden's number Overly. five. Yeah.
1: Geez, look at me. See, this is what four AM does to you.
0: Well, also, I don't usually talk this much about the uh, the intricacies of the list because I'm talking to my computer screen and not another human. Yeah. So this is unusual for me to to speak at people.
1: Well, you know. <laughs> Hopefully, if people like me enough, I'll come back and help you out with that 100th episode.
0: Yeah. And there's some other things that uh, you and I got to discuss about some future potentials, but I'm not going to bring it up here because I got to tune into the one-year episode to hear some potential future plans.
1: I cannot wait because you said potentials, plural, and I feel like I don't know enough to think of plurals.
0: Yeah, I haven't told you all, <laughs> so.
1: I'm excited. There we go. I'm gonna have to cross my legs here.
0: <sighs> Alrighty. Um, that's all. We'll be back Monday with another episode. Bye bye You wanna give it a shot? Just your dumbest bye bye Buh-bye! buh-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Let's do it. <laughs> you wanna fix that uh, thing in the basement? Yeah, let's go take care of the basement thing. Sweet. Smell this rag for me.